0: The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live.
1: Crossover! Step back! Ah!
0: That's a brother. Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports. Live.
1: Is this the Tiger? Ah!
2: Great night to be a mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he
0: caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It
2: is Thursday the 17th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good, Good morning. morning. You can text us 304-263-4321. You can tweet us at Sports Network. As far as I understand, I know that our stream is still down, so please don't send me a bunch of mean texts again to our text page, 304-263-4321. But, uh, fellas, how you doing? Good. I think I already asked you that. So uh, we had a long night last night, but it was a fun night last night. Again, shout out to the guys over at uh, Home Team Sports for putting on a uh, a very professional, very well done EPAC Media Day yesterday. All the schools in the EPAC showed up with a bunch of players, all the coaches, uh, and it was just uh, a firing line of us shooting questions at them. And uh, I think the coaches handled themselves well. The players, I think, handled themselves exceptionally well. And we'll start uh, going back and listening to some of the audio here. We have Spring Mills, Washington, and Hedgesville. But uh, before we start to dive in team by team, what did you guys think of the first ever EPEC Media Day.
3: I was impressed. Uh, And again, shout out, (laughs) excuse me, to the guys at home team. uh, Put on a really good event. And I know that you're going to be able to find the entirety of the event on their YouTube page, their Facebook page as well. Check them out. They do good work. Uh, Like you said, the coaches handled things really well. The Players, I was really impressed because a lot of these guys – you know, it's the first time they've been in, in a setting like that. And I will say, and this is not a knocking home team, but I think they did a good job. It'd be a little intimidating there, you know, <laughs> yeah. tables sitting across from each other, you got cameras, you got microphones, and I think they handled it really well. Um, nothing really earth shattering with the exception of um, Rick Islowski from the Martinsburg Journal. And I would encourage everybody to pick up a copy of the journal today, wrote a really interesting article uh, and, and talked to a lot of coaches about the one-time transfer rule. And there were different perspectives from the five head coaches that were able to be there. Um, I I would encourage everybody to check that out. We'll be posting some of that audio a little bit later today on our Twitter. Um, But, you know, things kind of were where they were with these teams. We just get to see, you know, how confident they are. Um, Just different little aspects of how they're doing things offensively and defensively. I'll say this. I think we didn't hear anything that we didn't necessarily already know from the mm-hmm. coaches, but to get players' perspectives on individual aspects of their office, the transitions for Washington, you know, the expectations for Hedgesville, uh, the new players that have come in for, for Musselman, Dave Walker returning, what the players thought about that for Martinsburg. It was cool to get the players' perspectives um, in that kind of – environment, and I I hope we get it again next year.
4: Yeah, this was a really fun event, and again, same sentiments. Shout out to Home Team Sports for organizing this and putting it together. It was a really well-done event. It was cool to see from the coach's perspective them having a media day. You don't really see that a ton from the high school level, but for how competitive and how in-depth this conference is, I think it's worth a media day, and it was really cool Mm -hmm. to see that and go down yesterday, the players too, seeing them get their media experience, and that's something that – could lead to them having in the college aspect so that's good practice and good work for them to have for when they go to college of the source because we know there are plenty of division one in division two talent prospects all across this conference right now for them to get that experience was really cool again yeah nothing really insanely earth-shattering out of this but to hear the players talk about their upcoming season what they're looking for who to expect to really have that moment it was really cool to see
2: and had a nice little fan experience outside yeah. with a uh, real good barbecue. And I can't, I've been sitting here trying to remember what the barbecue, uh, company's name was. Was it GD's barbecue? I think it was or HG, or right? HG, maybe? HG barbecue. Well, um, if you're out there, let us know. But, uh, yeah, great barbecue. And then they had a little dunk tank out there where, uh. Fundraiser for each team, and the coaches got in the dunk tank. And uh, you can head over to our Twitter page at EP Sports Network for a whole live rundown, uh, team by team, tw- team by team, over there. And of course, some videos of the coaches getting uh, dunked in the dunk tank, which I thought was pretty funny. But this will be pretty much an all EPAC football preview day today. So we know you got opinions. Text us three zero four two six three four three two one, and uh, we'll listen back to some of the media day words from the Spring Mills Cardinals.
5: Sakeem Holmes, Jenny Fritz from Home Team Sports TV, joined by staff WPM and Kaz from the Journal. We have Spring Mills coaches, Coach Law and Coach Hessen. Uh, the first question I'm going to ask for Coach Hessen. Uh, you have been involved in the winning programs, won some state championships at your previous stop as a coach. What similarities do you feel like this year's team has to some of those compared to some of those state championship teams <coughs> in the past?
6: Well, coming to, to Spring Mills last year, kind of like at Martinsburg that first year. I think last year we were maybe a little further along um, in terms of some things is that we want to build on that. uh, And hopefully, you know, we can have some of the same success that we had. And I always call it the bad place. I, I tell those kids, you know, I was at the bad place for a long time you know, we can have some of those same successes.
7: Coach Law, yeah. J.D. Fritz, home team sports. Um, after a few years of being, you know, a f- fairly young team, uh, your team's finally growing up, become one of the more, you know, mature mature teams, uh, mature as a unit. What what are some uh, self-identified um, t- keys that, uh, to uh, to your team to, to trying to get to the playoffs?
8: Playoffs, well, I, I think first thing first is finding our identity. And I think one of the things for me is that we wanna to continue to build off that growth that we had last year. Um, start later in the season, uh, we were able to find some things that work pretty good for us and it's about taking those things and moving forward with that.
3: Last year, I think you guys were criminally underrated defensively, from what I think was a, a variation of Jeff Castile's 3 3 uh, You guys lose Gavin Jones, if I'm correct, who was one of the best edge rushers uh, in the Panhandle. So defensively, where are you guys at? And are you going to be able to create havoc and, and, and apply some pressure despite losing a pretty premier
6: edge talent? Well, I played for Coach Castile, and and that's where that defense came from when I was at the bad place. Uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, And realize last year we didn't have Gavin as much as we could due to injury, and uh, had to play some young kids who got valuable experience and. Well, there's two of them standing right there, and Anthony Williams, who, who's in my nose guard, that I will move outside. Uh, and Mr. Prophet over there plays a defensive end for me. And uh, actually, I started a freshman, uh, Xavier Anderson, the, the younger of the Anderson brothers, and he did a great job, gained some valuable experience. And I've seen huge strides in Xavier's game, and his a lot too stronger, year older, more mature, uh, I also think I have some guys, you know, some second team guys who those guys need a break, can come in and play, and we won't lose a whole lot. So I think we'll be able, to, you know, to create some pressure, you know, with this defense.
4: Coach, partners to WEVM Sports. So Keon Mills, what's his role expected to be in 2023? We saw him have different looks in 2021, 2022. Maybe not the year that Keon was expected, maybe not, but what's going to be an expected role for Keon Mills in 2023?
8: I mean, I think offensively, first of all, um, Keon has been tremendous offseason. <clears throat> he stepped up. He's become one of our captains. Um, he's actually been one of those guys doing while we're out there with the young kids. He's out there coaching up young guys. And so for him, as, as a student athlete, that's been a big, humongous step for him. On the football field, we, we want to try to move him around a little bit. Um, obviously, primarily in the slot um, and using his talents that way. But if you want to hit defensively.
6: I mean, defensively, right now, He's by starting free safety, but you could see him at corner. You could see him at outside linebacker. Um, Me, my whole deal is getting the best eleven on the field. He's one of those best eleven. You know, I I would love to have Max on the field last year, uh, but for obvious reasons I couldn't. He's a quarterback. But this year, he's a year older, year stronger, more mature. He's one of my best eleven. He could be at free safety. He could be at outside linebacker. Hell, I probably could line him up a corner if I wanted to, but I think I got some good ones out there I won't have to worry about. That. But you will see him at free safety, you'll see him in the outside linebacker.
2: Well, Coach, talk about Max Anderson. How much pressure on his shoulders this year?
8: Max is a cool, calm guy. Um, I mean, honestly, you see it through practice. Coach, with his defense out there, he dials up some stuff and he's able to keep that composure. Um, so I have a lot of confidence in Max. Um, and then not just that, but the off of the line does a great job of protecting them. They communicate. And so it's the way I look at it, it is a unit, and that's the way we try to approach that thing. So, I'm not pressure a lot on Max, but we look at it as a unit. All right, right. All right first off, we got Max Anderson, Prophet, Anthony uh, Williams, Nico Lover, mm-hmm. and then we have Braden Kirk. Uh,
5: to Max Anderson, uh, you have been a special talent since your freshman year within the program. You've worked extremely hard to get to this point. What are the next steps in your ascension as a leader? and a quarterback to
8: not only can yourself something to the next level, but lead your team to the playoffs? Uh, honestly, it's just growth throughout the team, uh, pushing my guys to just get better every week. Uh, I think we're, we're really hungry to come and play this next, uh, this upcoming next Friday against Jefferson. And we've just been working hard all summer. So I'm, I'm just expecting to see a lot of growth from our guys and all the work we put in this summer.
2: Well, Prophet, I'll go ahead and ask the director's question towards you. It seems like uh, Spring Mills is always looked at as kind of the first team out of the main group of EPAC teams. Is that something that you guys kind of look at and use that as motivation going into the season? I mean, of course, you
5: know, always, you know, like uh, when you all said earlier, we can't use the same excuse as we just in new school. You know, as we're going into our 10th year, and I feel like the energy is great. The coaches, staff, the players. I
3: feel like we're all ready to really make this year. Anthony, hey, can you talk a little bit about the offensive and defensive line? Is it fair to say that that's where you guys return the most experience, and how's that coming along as a unit?
5: I would say as a senior from the O-line, I think we improved a lot from last year. We've gotten better. We've gotten patient. And also on D-line, we've had a couple kids come through, but we all made it and made stuff happen last year.
3: What's it like playing as an offensive lineman with a mobile quarterback? I mean, you've got Max extending plays. I mean, does that force you to be involved in a play longer, get downfield? I mean, is it a little bit of a unique challenge playing with a, with a mobile quarterback?
5: I wouldn't think so. Most of our line is more athletic than some others, so we could run with Max if we wanted to. So.
4: Max, I want to direct this at you. So. What strides have you taken, especially to improve as a passer coming into this year? You've heard the you contingency: spring Bills can go as far as Max Anderson develops as a passer. What have you really developed the most coming into the season?
8: Uh, honestly, as a, as a what I've developed is uh, honestly I've gotten a lot better being uh, being comfortable in the pocket. So uh, I mean, and that's just from seven on sevens this summer and just throwing throwing routes with my wide receivers in the summer. So honestly. I just think me putting in the work with the wide receivers during the summer has really just improved, and just going into this summer camp or this fall camp, excuse me, uh, that we've just been putting in a lot of work. And I think I'm gonna be ready coming next Friday.
7: Uh, Braden, um you're the center, correct? Yes, sir. Um, what do you guys do? You know, whether it be on the field, off the field, to kind of get that co- co- cohesiveness as a unit. You guys hang out. You all, you know, live together. Um, talk about that a little bit.
9: So we do this thing like every Thursday. Uh, we go and work with the junior Cardinals as like a O line and we'll break into groups of two and three. And uh, we just really like to work together because working with them works on us. It's a, our, our coach is big on mental toughness. It's, it's mentally, that's where we're strong at and that's where we've increased the most at. So spending that time together over the summer and just working hard together has definitely increased our game.
2: Nico, we talked a lot about the offense and how much they're going to have to score points this year, but you have to stop points on the other end as right. well. So at the linebacker position, how do you feel your core has started to uh, come together this
5: year? Uh, I think last year, last year we had Sam Sautler, and he was a huge backer last year, and we had a lot of uh, younger kids playing that position with him. So losing him, a lot of us have had to step up and everything, and being in the trenches and also in the pass area, all of us have gone uh, a lot better
2: as a whole. Again, that was some of the words from the coaching staff and players from the Spring Mills Cardinals football team at yesterday's EPAC Media Day down in Charlestown. And uh, the coaches, I think, said pretty much like you all were saying before we went into the audio, pretty much everything you would expect the coaches to say going into the preseason. But I was most interested about Max Anderson because, look, this team doesn't go like you asked him, Parker. I mean... This team doesn't go unless Max Anderson goes. And uh, can he handle that pressure this season? Can he build off of what was a good season last year and finally break that threshold into being a, a really good a quarterback in this EPAC. And he seems like he's confident, seems like he's taking the steps forward. But uh, what do you think, Parker, from some of the words from the Spring Mills Cardinals?
4: Yeah, what I've got out of it, and it was good to hear Max talk about how he's developed in the pocket passing and improving on that. Max Anderson is a great athlete. He needs to take that next stride as a quarterback this season of Spring Mills, wants to get over that hump and get into the playoffs. And I think he has the ability to do that. With, I was really excited to hear what the coaching staff said about Keon Mills. We were expecting probably a bigger year from him in 2022 than what we expected and got. So to hear that he's taken that step as a leader and has kind of controlled that wide receiver room coming into 2023 – I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Primarily, they said he's going to work in the slot, so I'm excited to see how they're going to get him the ball. His brother Xavier lining up as a wide receiver, tight end hybrid. That's going to be fun to 6'6". Or 6'6". 6'6", at that weapon. So he's got the ability to use him in that offense. And they got other people like Alex Eaton as well in that backfield that are going to be really fun in that offense. And this is a team, you look at their schedule, they got to win these out-of-conference games. Albert Gallatin. South Hagerstown, North Hagerstown, they got to win those games. They got they play Frankfurt as well. And then you got to find a way to win probably two in-conference games if you want to get into the playoffs. You got Washington, that'll be a tough game in the end of September. You've got university. You got to go on the road in that area again net this year. Martinsburg will be a tough game. Hedgesville will be a tough game they got to find a way to steal some of these games they haven't been able to steal in years past to get over that hump and get into the playoffs and it all starts with Max Anderson.
3: And I wanted to say what I heard from Coach Hessen was promising, that they're keeping that 3-3-5. And it was cool to hear him talk about the Castile connection with Shepard where he played. And Mountaineer fans are familiar with that defense. The Spring Mills Cardinals had, in my opinion, the best or one of the best defenses in the EPAC last year. Would you lose Gavin Jones? Are you going to be able to get after the quarterback? And he answered that question by saying, you know, we didn't have Gavin for half of last year. Xavier Anderson stepped up. Profit stepped up. We can get after the quarterback. I like what they're doing at the linebacker position. It was cool to hear from Nico Lober, and they've got athletes in the secondary. So defensively, this team, I, I think they're going to be able to. Continue on without skipping a beat, and if that's the case, and the offense rises to meet the uh, occasion, then you're looking at a Spring Mills team that absolutely can make the postseason.
2: Yeah, I think this could be a team that could take that next step this year, but uh, I don't know. Like, like I keep saying, it all it all goes if Max Anderson goes because they got to be able to score in this EPAC, that's for sure. And hearing too that they might have uh, Max playing both ways a, a little bit more yeah. often this year too. Man, it inherently makes me nervous. I mean, you look at guys like Hartman last year. That was just a bowling ball on both sides of the ball, and it didn't matter. But uh, you never know what could happen when you got your quarterback rolling both ways. But uh, again, if you uh, missed any of that, uh, any of that audio from the EPAC Media Day with the Spring Mills Cardinals, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page, or you can head over to our EP Sports Network Twitter page uh, and go through the live thread there. But we'll step aside. We'll come back. We'll listen back to some of the audio from the Hedgesville Eagles. And make sure you can get in touch with us. 304 263 4321 is the Panhandle Sports Live. Text line. We'll be back on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Whose world is
0: this? It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Eiswinter alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. We're going back and recapping yesterday's EPAC Media Day. We were just uh, given our thoughts and discussion on the Spring Mills Cardinals. And now let's move on to the Hedgesville Eagles. Now, this was the team. They were the first one up in the uh, lineup of teams yesterday. And I was most excited to uh, talk to them because they got the most hype around them. Uh, I think they have the best other than, of course, Spartansburg. They're kind of in their own thing. But I think they have the best. Group of talent at the moment. I'm just excited and interested to see how this talent will be able to come together and that actually be out on the field because a lot of people got to eat on this team this year and it's uh, going to be interested to see who gets that plate first. But before we dive into the audio, what do you guys think of the uh, Hedgesville Eagles?
3: I like the mentality. Hedgesville's got a lot of different people coming from different schools, a couple of different transfers, but what was cool to see. You know, everybody kind of interacting with everybody. We saw the dunk tank for Washington and Hedgesville. <laughs> it seems like, you know, from Aiden Fleming coming from Martinsburg and Gavin Young coming from Berkeley Springs, they've worked in seamlessly. And these guys just want to win football games now. You know, good culture building in Hedgesville. Um, and I was I was happy with the way that everybody was answering the questions from, from, from an Eagles perspective. There's a lot of intrigue. A lot of that intrigue rests on their quarterback. A lot of it rests on... A little bit of a rebuilt offensive line and like you said, trying to get everybody the ball offensively. Defensively, I think, you know, they're working with some newer players in their secondary, um, but they're very athletic and obviously Aiden Fleming's gonna fly around and be a really fun player to watch. So, you know, the entry continues to build with this Hedgesville team and they're doing their part to let everybody know, hey, we expect to win games this year and you guys need to watch out.
4: Yeah, this team's gonna be really fun. I'm excited to see what the Eagles are gonna do this year. Their schedule is a gauntlet. They gotta go to the island week one. And then it got to go at this new Herbert Hoover stadium that's getting ready to break ground and open up this week, right? If Mm -hmm. I'm correct and it's it's going to be a tough schedule but this team's built for it i trust coach faircloth he's improved this hedgesville team every single season since he took over them and to see the weapons now demonte martin who's a top five prospect in the state of west virginia gavin young who's going to have some high expectations making the jump from double a to triple a and really what's the defense going to look like without xavier kirk in the back end at safety i i'm intrigued to see what hedgesville is going to do and i've expressed it before the ceiling to florida hedgesville is completely up there this is a team that could win nine games and host a home playoff game it's a team that could win five games sneak their way into the playoffs but you'll hear coach Faircloth say it he'd rather have this tough schedule be five and five and know they earn their way into it than to have a cupcake schedule go nine and one eight and two and have the chance to get upset in the first round
2: well you can text us 304-263-4321 I know we have some opinionated uh, Hedgesville fans out there tuning in so 304-263-4321 is a text line and here's the Eagles from yesterday's EPAC media day
5: in 2021, your team went 4 and 6, 1 and 4 in the EPAC. In 2022, your team went 5 and 5, 2 and 3 in the EPAC. Steady growth. What are your expectations for this upcoming season? And explain the emphasis you put towards the team winning EPAC games.
1: Well, we know we play in a tough conference. I mean, I, I think between us and the MSAC down south, it's. I mean, we beat up on each other every year. Uh, so for us, it's been a steady growth, of Get a win, get two, get three. Uh, this year the expectation is that we're going out to win every game, um, no matter who we line up against. You know, I think we've developed, developed that mentality over the last three years of we're we'll playing anybody at any time. Um, if you look at our schedule this year, um, looking at the preseason stuff, it looks like possibly seven teams that we play on the, in the top ten across the state and one out of Maryland. So, for us, you know, we're going to show up and play anybody, but the biggest thing is is to make sure we get on track before we get an EPAC.
2: I'm sure they're seeing it as well as I'm sure you guys are seeing it as well. So how's the team handling that? Are you ignoring it and just focusing on the main goal?
1: We worry about us. Uh, All the outside noise is what it is, is noise. Uh, For us, we're trying to perfect what we do. Uh, There's going to be some new look defensively this year for us. Uh, But as far as offensively, we're the same team. Uh, We got, I mean, you can look back there, you'll see the new additions are here with us. Not just because the type of players they are, but the type of kids they are. They're good kids, and again, if we're going to get this transfer thing going, you, d- you just don't want to take good athletes if they don't have good character. And the guys that we've got, they, they're good athletes. They're really good at the game of football, but more importantly, they're great people. And that's what we're – if we're going to do this one-time transfer thing, make sure we do it the right way.
3: Coach, you had talked about uh, numbers. The first time I touched base with you when you took over the program, it was a struggle to get guys to come out. Uh, obviously looking forward to your future, but you ever look back and kind of – where this thing has built itself into?
1: Yeah, we were in the coach's office probably last week, and you know where we were three years ago to where we are now. When we took this thing over, you know we had 26 kids left in the program uh, to where we are today with 106. So for us, it's it's going in the right direction, um, you know. But I always I'm a firm believer in if you build it the right way, no matter how it turns out, you're going you're going to create a culture that kids want to be a part of. Uh, we got a lot of new kids as far as kids that never played football before. And that's awesome because they don't have bad habits yet. So for us it's it's good to see the, the turnout for us and where we were three years ago because you know three years ago we scored ten points all season long. You know, and the progression that we made over that time to where we are now to where, you know, we're putting a product on the field that, you know, our community, our school and our, our, our players are proud to get behind.
4: Coach Parker Stone, Panhandle Sports. You're going to field one of the best wide receiver cores in the state this season, but it's going to come down to the quarterback play and the improvement of Dalton Harper. How's he looked in the offseason? What strides has he made to improve
8: into this season?
1: Well, I mean, he's he's getting pushed. That's the good thing. You know, we got a young kid behind him that's come in and and really excelled at some things and is pushing him along. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, you know, Dalton got varsity experience last year. You know, game-winning drive there at Spring Mills when Jackson hurt his hand. You know, that was a big situation for him to come into. Uh, I had to pull Jackson at East Fairmont last year for a play to make a point, and Dalton goes in and throws a touchdown. So when the lights come on, Dalton, Dalton plays football. He's a football player. Um, but at the end of the day, he also knows that there's a kid nipping on his tail right now that can, that can play a little bit too. So I think that's going to take him to the next step.
2: Coach, you had a pretty big senior class with a lot of important people leave last yep. year. So who's been some of those guys that have stepped into those roles and have really stepped up to be more of a team leader this year?
1: I mean, we returned two of our key offensive linemen uh, in Connor Quinn and Levi. You know, those two, they anchor our offensive line. They pretty much, they're actually the ones calling our audibles at the line right now. Just for the simple fact of we got so much faith and confidence in them diagnosing a front or a blitz and being able to get us into the right play. You know, Dalton's got to be able to see the coverage, read the coverage, but also he puts a lot on him, and those two take a lot off of him. So those two are stepping into big roles for us. Uh, you know, and there's some kids that that aren't here with us today that are stepping into big roles. Ian Wolfe, uh, Nate No, uh, Zach Crossco. That's probably a name nobody's really heard. Crossco is a little little corner, but the kid he comes to compete every day, and he's going to play for us a lot this year. Um, and you know. Jake Young, Jake Young's a leader on, on the on the back end in both for us at running back and at linebacker. So there's a lot of people, you know, these guys have been around. You know, this is they're going in, some of them are going into their fifth year in the program. You know, some of them are going into the third year. Most of these guys I've had since they were seven years old. Um, so I know what they're capable of and they know what I expect. So honestly, our practices look a little different than everybody else's. Yeah,
5: so your schedule, we talked about the schedule earlier, and wanted to test your team out, see what you got south from Willing Park. And then you go to Kaiser, Hampshire, and Herbert Hoover, which has a new stadium there. They've actually been pretty uh, impressive the last couple of years. What were you guys thinking going into um, putting the schedule together? Um, you know, and knowing that you're going to challenge your team, especially having a difficult EPAC schedule as well.
1: Well, I said, I said it when I took the job. I would rather go five and five, play a tough schedule, and earn my way in, and know that we earned our way in. For us, we can play. We can we can schedule down and play cupcakes and. You know, go six and four, seven and three, eight and two. But then, when you get in the playoffs, what happens? You know, you you run into a buzzsaw. So for us, you know, playing the competition we play, uh, I want to play up. I don't want to play down. So if we're going to get in the playoffs, we're going to we're going to earn it, and we're going to take every step to get there. Especially when we're playing on the road at Herbert Hoover, who preseason I think right now they're at two, um, new stadium. At, electric atmosphere, uh, Wheeling Island, We, you know, everybody knows Wheeling Island. Uh, it's going to be electric there next Friday night, I can promise.
3: Here are Hedgesville players, Connor Quinn, Levi Faircloth, Demonte Martin, Eden Fleming, and Brett Patterson. Uh, Levi and Connor, you guys are both going to, I know um, the majority of you guys are going to play both ways, but you guys especially as big guys. Uh, Levi, you're going to play some Mike from what I understand. Uh, and, and Connor as well. I mean, how do you prepare yourself in the off season to be somebody that's going to take snaps on both sides of the ball and probably play 95% of the game?
5: Nate Sowers, Nate that's S- what really yeah. prepared us. Nate was. Back and forth down the field. Yeah. Every, every, at the end of practice, 700 yards, 800 yards, whatever it is.
9: The speed and agility really helped us get to where we're at right now.
0: Jeremy Atkins, Home Team Sports. This question is for Aiden Fleming. Aiden, how has your adjustment and
1: learning curve been to Lining up with new teammates, with new tendencies, a new system, a new terminology.
5: It's been great. Everybody just really welcoming and being good teammates to help me really adjust to everything that's been different. So it's been a good switch out for me.
2: Well, Demonte, of course, uh, Gavin Young, another well highly talented receiver coming in now uh, into the fold. And we asked Coach earlier about how, you know, everybody's going to kind of coexist a little bit. So, of course, coach is going to give a coach's answer, but in your opinion, you know, sometimes it's not going to be that game where you're going to be the guy getting the ball. How has the wide receiver core kind of come together uh, this summer?
5: Biggest key is just not to be selfish. I mean, it's bigger than I. It's, just a, it's a team sport. So adding Gavin to the receiver core, spreading the ball out, taking some pressure off me. have some guys like Ian, Nate, uh, Carl, like it's going to take the pressure off me. So. As a receiver core, our whole game plan is not to be selfish. If I don't get the ball, I'm blocking. If Gavin don't
3: get the ball, he's blocking. Like, we're all on the same page. That's fine. Brett, uh, you're transitioning to tackle this year, right? Can yeah. you talk about that process? Yeah. I mean, it was all right. I played a little bit last year, but coaches helped me through it. It wasn't, wasn't that bad, but. Who's the toughest guy on the defense to block? DJ. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Parker Stone Pan, with we'll Sports. This question is for Demonte. You've had a heck of a summer, man. You've broken out, and now you're ranked as one of the five best players in the state of West Virginia. How's this attention brought to you over this summer, and what it means for you coming into the fall, a potential to see more double
5: teams, and for you to really make your mark in the class of 25? I mean, I don't really mind it. I don't really try to block everything out because it's just noise. I mean, I mean my biggest intentions is for the team moving forward, winning every game. I know as I got ranked, I blew up, but that's just the time I put in because I worked day and night over and over and over because I wanted to see. But I'm not really too worried about the hype. I'm just focused on one mission. That's all.
9: Levi, well, following up on what was asked of you earlier, do you have plans to get a driver's license?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> of course, uh, Rick Kozlowski from the Martinsburg Journal, We're always coming in with the good uh, lighthearted questions at the, the end of the group. presser. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the he was the wily vet of the press conference yesterday, <laughs> but uh, that was some of the words from the Hedgesville Eagles coaching staff and a few of the players. Now, I was most impressed by how Demonte. Martin answered the questions involving, you know, uh, workload, I guess, with all these receivers. Because he said, look, uh, of course people are going to be keying on him, but then that opens up Gavin Young. And once that opens up Gavin Young, well, they're going to have to start, you know, uh, shading him more, double teaming him more. Which then, well, opens up Demonte on the other side. But of course, uh, they have a lot of other players that need to get some action. So I thought it was... uh, Interesting to see how they all seem to have a game plan amongst themselves and have an understanding amongst themselves because, look, I've been a part of some teams where a lot of different people wanted the football fellas, and when those people didn't get the football, things disintegrated pretty quick. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen with this team, but uh, I still think with them having the hype surrounding them that they are pretty level-headed and uh, have that one common goal going into the season.
3: Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, the thing about it is, though, it's still high school football, so Mm -hmm. they're still going to want to run the ball. I think with Young and uh, Jake Young, and and not to mention with Harper's going to be able to do with his legs, they're going to be a real dual threat team. A lot of different pass catchers. And one of the questions, and by the way, we're including sections of what we heard yesterday. If you want to hear all the content, go to Home Team Sports' YouTube channel. Because one of the things that coach said was, you know, it's a it's a we not me situation. It doesn't matter who pe- catches passes for us. And the players seem to buy into that. I'm excited to see Brett Petterson, You heard there kicking inside to tackle him with Connor Quinn. I think it's going to be fun, along with Levi Faircloth and the other guys, well, because it's fun talking to uh, Coach Faircloth, talking about a bunch of different players that he said, people don't know this guy's name. But by the end of the year, I bet they will. So, you know, Hedgesville is certainly on the rise. They answer their questions the right way. They're going to be fun to watch. This You know, the, the, the limelight's going to be stolen probably by DeMonte and Gavin Young. There's a lot of really quality players in Hedgesville that are going to help them get to where they want to go.
4: Coach Faircloth talked a little bit, too, about how the plan is going to be for Gavin Young. If you're a Hedgesville fan or watched the Eagles last season, similar to what Braylon Connor was for that team last year, a lot of the underneath stuff in that in that facility, he'll be handling those roles. I'm excited to see how those two play together because it's going to be interesting. I see DeMonte Morvis, an over-the-top guy, and the ability to win the 50-50 ball ball on offense. Gavin is an explosive athlete. If you get the ball in space for him, he can make things happen. Defensively, I'm excited to see how they're going to use different pieces too. I think that and maybe the new pieces on the line are the two biggest question marks for Hedgesville coming into the season. With a tough schedule coming in, I think there's a lot of excitement around this roster too. Can they – Quill the talk and the chatter. Can they leave that behind, and can they go in and win football games? I think that's going to be the big telltale sign of what this team is going to do. Going at the island, taking on Kaiser week two, and then you go at this new Herbert Hoover Stadium in week four. That's a tough gauntlet, and then you go straight into EPAC play. That's that's going to be those games. We talked about it with Spring Mills. Hedgesville's the same way. you got to try and win as much out of conference as you can before you get into conference play because once you get there – it's, it's going to be a gauntlet, and you don't know how these games are going to turn out.
2: Well, text us 304-263-4321. Do you think Hedgesville can live up to the hype that uh, has surrounded them this preseason, this upcoming season? 304-263-4321. We'll take a real quick break. We'll come back. We'll start to wrap up our EPAC Media Day coverage from yesterday. We'll listen back to Washington, uh, and then, well, we'll get to another break. But uh, we'll be
0: back on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network panhandle sports live your home for sports in the panhandle here's jordan luke and parker
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. We're going back and listening back to some of the audio from yesterday's EPAC Media Day. We've already listened to Hedgesville, Spring Mills, so if you missed that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Now, the last one we'll get to today is Washington, and this team, in my opinion, has the most question marks, of course, surrounding him. Terry Ray, new head coach, kind of switching up the offense a little bit. He goes on to explain a lot of that uh, in the presser, which, of course, you can listen to the whole thing over worldwide. Watch the whole thing over at Home Team Sports on uh, YouTube and Facebook. But uh, new guys coming in, a a new regime. I think there should be a lot of uh, excitement around the Washington High football team.
3: Yeah, and what's fun to me this first year is they're playing like a team that's got nothing to lose, you know, and they don't. There's not a ton of expectations because people don't know what to expect from this team. And Coach Ray, he came in and he said, we want to work, but he's doing a good job of building a culture. A lot of kids are coming out, and a lot of kids look, you know, like they're enjoying their time transitioning to a different style of offense. He gave an update on his quarterback battle, um, which we'll hear from here in a second. But if it is Ryan Went that starts, it's going to be fun to see a sophomore. Or if it's Holmes, it's going to be a freshman. So it's an underclassman, regardless. To have players playing in new positions for the first time. But at the end of the day, and he brought both Kojo Sofamensa and John John Brewster, so we got to see them. I mean, there's some big kids. <laughs> they're huge, and he, one of the biggest teams that Coach Ray, at least up front, that he said he's coached. Uh, so it was cool to watch them in action. It's going to be fun to watch them play this year. Unique style, uh, a very favorable. First four weeks of their schedule could catapult them to be a team that can make a little bit of noise. Uh, but again, they're playing with house money early. Um, Long term, this is a team that I think is going to build themselves into a, to, to a contender. But right now, before we know what to expect from them, they're playing loose, playing fun, playing exciting football. And I'm excited to see it.
4: Yeah, they're going to be fun to see, too. I'm excited to see how what Coach Ray does with this jump coming from Berkeley Springs to Washington, seeing up close what he did, tried to do with the Tribe over this past couple of years. It's been cool to see him trying to bring his brand together, and I think he has a real chance to expand on it at Washington. He told us that this was his goal at the end of the day, was to go coach at the A level, and I'm excited to see how he handles year one. The line looks really impressive with Kojo and John John Brewster out that way. I'm excited to see what those guys do and to see if this team is going to really – capitalize on the line of scrimmage if they're wanting to do that to the best of their ability and both the Jones brothers Javon and Tavon both those guys have we heard rave reviews from Washington's camp that they've been performing really good and they're really fast really speedy guys so this team again I mean you got everything to shoot for this season it's a brand new coach brand new scheme and I think there's a, the ability, if a team overlooks Washington, they could get a couple wins that might surprise a few people, and especially look out for Brock Meadows once again this season. And here are the Washington Patriots from yesterday's
2: EPAC Media Day.
5: All right, we're back at EPAC All Access Media. We're joined by Washington football coach, Coach Terry Ray. Um, he'll be joined by his players, Brock Meadows, John Brewster, Isaiah Minson, uh, Gary Fongel, and Terry Ray third. Uh, First question is for uh, Terry Ray, Coach Terry. This is Akeem from Home Team Sports. Coming from a double A school in Berkeley Springs to a triple A school at Washington High School. What were some of your first visions when you anticipated taking over another program?
9: Uh, the facilities were a little bit better from where I came from, from AA to AAA. Uh, the numbers is the biggest thing I could talk about. You know, the AA school I was at, we were smaller, 642 students. We averaged about 45 players or less. Here we're at 60, so it's it's nice to have them extra bodies and extra kids to choose stuff from.
2: Well, speaking of that transition, of course you're bringing a pretty drastically different offense to the Washington Patriots that they haven't seen in a while. So how are the players uh, getting used to this new offensive scheme?
9: Uh, we, we've hit some bumps in the road with terminology and stuff. Uh, our offense is very similar to the single wing. We're just not doing it in the compressed. We're doing it spread out. Uh, again, and I've, I've said this a bunch of times on a bunch of different shows, that we're probably gonna run the ball 60, 65% of the time. We got two young quarterbacks. Uh, we have a pretty solid offensive line and we have a, a good group and stable of running backs that we can use. And I think we'll be able to run the ball. We are going to throw the ball, uh, but we've had a couple hiccups here and there, but the kids are getting it. I'm, I'm pretty sure, guys, you getting it? You all right over there? We're good, see, we're good. <laughs>
3: Coach, an update on that quarterback battle. Then, regardless, it's going to be an
1: underclassman
9: that's starting. For you yes, uh, right now Ryan's a little bit ahead of Bray. Bray's a freshman. We we're expecting to get him to mature a little bit. We're hoping to get a couple games in here and there, just get some maturity going with it. You could tell Ryan's been in high school football for a year, uh, but right now they're still tight, tight. They're going to be one and two. So I'm I'm very confident to say if something happened to Ryan, that Bray could probably step up and take over. We're just hoping him. We don't want to throw him to the wolves too early. I'll just say that.
7: Rich Raya, JD Fritz Home Team Sports. Um, how do you plan on changing the, the narrative uh, at Washington um, throughout Jefferson County and the Eastern Panhandle compared to in the, la- the last few years?
9: We're here to work. First day I came in, you can ask them when they introduced me. I told them I'm not here to be anybody's buddy. I'm here to work. We're here to work. Our kids have worked. We've changed culture a little bit. Our attendance has been a lot better. The attendance in the weight room is usually about 35, 40 guys in the off-season. Uh, during June camp, we had almost all 60 guys there. Uh, we did a couple flex days in July. We had off-season lifting and conditioning in July. We had really good numbers. August, we've been consistent with our numbers. Uh, what do we are about 58 guys? Because we had two guys that just stepped aside. but uh, we're pretty solid. Uh, these guys want to win, they're eager. Uh, they're putting in the time, they're putting in the work. So, I'm, I'm putting in time, putting in the work. So, we're going to change it together.
3: You've seen a lot of different rosters in a lot of different places in the state. You know, looking at some of the guys that you brought today, it looks like you've got a big team size-wise. Uh, with Isaiah, with John, with Brock, you already talked about. I mean, in terms of your personnel, I mean, you've got some, some jumbo guys that can make some big-time plays for you. Where is that relative to the teams you coach?
9: This is probably the biggest defensive line I've coached. We are high. We had a couple big defensive lines, but we had some really athletic defensive lines. Uh, size-wise, we're pretty big. But the bonus about it is all those big guys are athletic, too. So, I mean, they move like some smaller guys. I mean, if you look at John John there, he actually moves pretty good for 320. We lined him up at uh, wide receiver a couple times in seven-on-seven seven in June, and he made our corners look a little dumb.
7: First question is for Brock. Um, coming into your senior year, uh, what expectations do you have you set for yourself for the twenty twenty three season, and what can Washington fans expect from the team as a whole?
5: Well, our main goal is just do better than we did last year. Um, I think fans should be ready to see something different. You know, whole new whole new scheme, whole new offense defense. Um, you know, we're ready. We're ready to do what we know how to do. Everybody's learned the whole thing. Everybody's got it.
3: Question for Terry and Dom. I guess two sides of the same coin. So. This is a team that hasn't played with wide receivers for a really long time. You're somebody that has experience at that position. I want you to talk about some of the guys that are maybe emerging and learning that position. And and Dom, if I'm correct, you're somebody that's probably going to start a corner for this team. Uh, The opposite side of that coin. First with Terry, who's really coming along as a pass catcher? And and for Dom then, who are some of the toughest guys to cover?
7: I think Javon Jones has really stood out and become one of our best playmakers. And I think that he's going to do a lot of great things this year. Uh, of course, you know, we already have a few established guys like Brock, and I hope that I can do a little bit too. But, uh, yeah,
2: that's it.
7: Yeah, Javon Jones is pretty hard to cover. He's good with his feet, footwork is good. He's a good playmaker.
2: Brock, let me ask you this question. Of course, you have you have an extended period of time pre-Terry Ray. So, how are you feeling now with this offense where it might be re- reminiscent of past offenses, but you have a little bit more freedom now to get out and be a little bit more athletic?
4: No, oh, yeah, it's it's great. You know, you know I can still block.
5: Obviously, I can still go on the line. But being able to use my routes and my hands, it's great. It's a great feeling.
3: Gary, can you talk talk about yourself as a rusher, your style of play, and some of the other running backs that we're looking to expect how you kind of have different roles in this offense?
4: Yeah, um, I think I'm more like a power back. Like I'm not that much speed. And then so is uh, Isaiah. And then Tavon, he's a um, he's more speed. So.
3: And uh, Grant then, I guess, who are some of the guys that have impressed you the most in this offense and yourself personally, how do you think, how much better do you think you've gotten in this
5: offseason? Uh, people impressed me the most is obviously TT. He's uh, he's really fast I mean, every time I try guarding him. He's got good feet work and uh, sometimes Tavon and Javon, man, speed kills when you're a wide receiver. And then see uh, what I did over the offseason season of work myself just uh, getting that speed up really slow right now. So I got to get faster, uh, just a little bit bigger too, trying to get trying to get big, help my uh, team out, see if we can do better than last year.
2: Garrett, I'll direct this question to you, but it's open to everybody. Of course, if you look at uh, some of the rankings and whatnot in the EPAC, you guys are really more towards the end of the projected rankings. So is that more bulletin board material for uh, y'all in the locker room, or are you ready to go out and surprise some people this year?
5: Uh, I think we're ready to go outside, uh, outside and surprise people. I mean, we're looking pretty good this year. I hope we, uh, I hope we do better than last year. It's going to be fun. I um, can't wait for it.
3: John, there's a lot of talent in this conference in the offenses and defensive lines. Is that a challenge that you relish? I mean, week in and week out, the conference teams that you're going to play. I mean, there's there's some some serious guys that you're going to get a chance to match up against.
5: Yeah, for sure. I think off on offensive and defensive side of the ball for the defensive line, we understand what we're going against, and we. We're preparing ourselves perfectly to go up against any offensive or defensive line we can.
2: <laughs> uh, what's your favorite post-game
4: meal?
9: Mm.
5: Sheets <laughs> <Sheetah> hot dogs. <laughs> Sheets <laughs>
9: <Sheetah. Sheetah. Sheetah. laughs> <laughs> hot dogs. I, <laughs> I agree. the point. Sheets
7: hot dogs are pretty good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got some mac and cheese. Brett McBride. Brett Oh. And we'll <laughs> ask you one more. <laughs> Who's got the messiest locker in the locker room?
3: Oh, it's Kojo. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely Kojo. It's, yeah, it's got to be Kojo. Ryan has a lot of cleats in his locker. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't
2: know.
7: know. Have you seen Kojo's locker, man? That's, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah,
2: probably Kojo. Again, that was uh, the Washington Patriots head coach, Terry Ray, and some of the players there at EPAC Media Day yesterday. Uh, and real quick before we get to this final break, thoughts, of, uh, thoughts on what the guys had to say from Washington?
3: Uh, again, I think they're going to be fun to watch. This team's going to be going through some changes. I don't know what their record's going to be, but they're going to play entertaining football, and Terry Ray's got that... That culture and that program going in the right direction for a rebuild to turn them into a contender.
4: They're going to be exciting this year. Definitely the first step of a rebuild going on in Washington, and I know Coach Ray has the ability to get this team to playoff contention year in and year out here in the future. So this is the first steps of what could be a promising start for the
2: Patriots. I agree. I think Coach Ray has got something something good brewing down there. Might not be this year, but I think it's coming down the line uh, in the near future. But we'll step aside real quick and we'll be back to wrap things up on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. It has been an all EPAC Media Day review today on Panhandle Sports Live. We've gone back and listened to some of the words from Washington High School, Hedgesville High School, and Spring Mills High School. And, of course, you can listen to all of the coverage and watch all the coverage back over at Home Team Sports, their uh, YouTube and Facebook page. They put on a uh, fantastic first EPAC Media Day yesterday. And thanks for letting us tag along and ask some questions. But real quick, Parker, while we got the chance, let's get into your Parker's picks.
4: All right, for yesterday, we went one for three. Wasn't the day we wanted. Kevin Gossman wasn't able to get his over on strikeouts, and Ellie La Cruz wasn't able to get his two-plus total bases. But we avoided getting a goose egg with the Mariners getting the win over the Royals, a 6-5 to five final in that one. Going for today's picks, today's lock is going to be under 10.5 total runs in the Mets and Cardinals matchup. I know it's two pitchers that are kind of up and down with Katana and with Adam Wainwright, but I think 10.5 is a really big line, and I think they stay under that today. Over 9.5 total runs in the in the Nationals and Red Sox matchup. You look at Chris Sale and you think, oh, man, are you sure you want to take the over? But both these pitchers, they could be a little dicey. A lot of good pitchers hit – Right, the left-handed pitchers in this matchup with Chris Sale and Patrick Corbin. There's a lot of left-handed bat or right-handed batters, however, in this lineup for both teams that can hit the ball out very well. I like the over on runs in that Red Sox Nationals matchup, and the Tigers to get the win over the Guardians today. I'm feeling good on that one. Under ten and a half runs, Mets Cardinals over nine and a half runs, Red Sox Nationals, and the Tigers get the win over the Guardians.
2: And of course, we are your home for Baltimore Orioles baseball and the O's. What uh, oh they lose again last night five to two it's
3: tough I mean they're three and three on this West Coast road trip they just need to get out of the West Coast I mean when you play these three games uh, they got a day off today and then three against the A's so if you take the series in the A's you finish at least five and four on the road trip you know no harm no foul you gave up a game to the Rays so you're two games up in the league but again take two out of three from the A's come back home and just reevaluate
2: well we got a minute left fellas I guess uh, I'll just. Start this last topic conversation it seems like Tyson Bajan going to get a significant amount of playing time in this next preseason game for the Bears this upcoming weekend with uh, him looking like he's starting to edge out Peterman for that third quarterback role
3: yeah exactly there were reports yesterday that he was getting third team reps over Peterman and like I kind of jokingly said off the air I could tell you that Nathan Peterman is mm-hmm. not a very good quarterback so if he gets time to prove himself like he did in the first preseason game I expect him to take the most of that opportunity
4: Yeah, with the more playing time he gets, we're going to actually see for a legitimate chance if Tyson Bajan is going to make this 53-man roster as the third quarterback or if it's going to be a practice squad placement for Tyson Bajan. I think he's got the chance to, if he plays anything like he did in that first preseason game, He's got the chance to make this 53-man roster, and it's really exciting to see him get those reps.
2: Well, if you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. It was all review and recap of the first EPAC Media Day put on uh, by Home Team Sports down in Charlestown. Again, thanks to the guys over at Home Team Sports for putting on a a great media day and for letting us tag along. And then you can uh, watch it over on their Facebook and Spotify page. But for Parker and Luke, I'm Jordan. That does it for us for today. Panhandle Live is next. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.